WGFMRadio.com, a division of Even If Inc. Chicago. And you don't stop. What it do, baby? Bubba to the boogie, the bang, bang. This is T.P. Corleone. You in the funk zone on WCFMRadio.com. This funky, funky Friday. Throw your funk signs in the air. Wave them like you just don't care. Because we're getting it in for the weekend. This funky Friday. Starting your weekend off with this F-U-N-K. Where I funk you in your mind, body, and soul. Let every hole in your mind and your body and your soul. Soul. Funk in your medulla, I blind got it, baby. Can you dig it out? Well, all right, y'all. Celebrating Women's History Month today, um, even though the whole month of March is Women's History Month, I haven't acknowledged it until today because I have a special guest interview later on in the show, which I am sure you will enjoy. You're going to love it. You're going to dig it. The great super producer, diva extraordinaire, founder and founding member of the funk female group band Climax. Yes, and we will be um, debuting her brand new project. Um, How to Survive Midlife Crisis is actually Climax featuring Bernadette Cooper and Loretta Lungs, or should I say Bernadette Cooper and Loretta Lungs and Climax. Yes, Loretta Lungs, the lead singer on uh, many of the biggest Climax joints, you know, but we'll let Bernadette explain that to you later, you dig. So we're going to get into some she-funk, some lady funk for the first hour, second hour. We will kick off the Bernadette Cooper interview. Such a cool lady, cooler than you can ever imagine. Already cool, but cooler than I knew she was. Anyway, let's start off with one of the original female funk goddesses of all time, the former Betty Mabry, the former Mrs. Miles Davis, Betsy Davis with Yo Man, My Man, Baby. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's another one of the all-time greats, Miss Patrice Russian with number one from her Straight From The Heart LP. Even though she is known in our circles, I still feel she is slept on, you dig? Patrice Russian grooving it on out right there, number one. Before that was, um, what was that? Gwen McCray, the wife of George McCray, with Poison. Yeah, T.P. Coleon getting it in this weekend, celebrating Women's History Month. So this episode will be all ladies, ladies getting it on with the F-U-N-K, you dig? Here is Miss Alpha Anderson, um, former lead singer of Chic, with um, Perfectly Chic, singing about the glory days when she was in the group. Um, I've just listened to the lyrics. The lyrics tell the whole story. Let's get it, baby.
said we are getting it in for the weekend that was Khalees with Will I Am and the weekend before that that was um, Janelle Monet Take a Bite and before that was Black Magic Potion by Joy T.P. Coleon to the break of dawn you dig it in the funk zone WGFMRadio.com celebrating Women's History Month with Women Funk All Today can't talk about women's funk without getting deep into the P-Funk family here is God Mama with God Mama produced by with God Mama here actually God Mama here produced by Bootsy Collins now, G.M., what the heck is wrong with you? Now, G.M., what the heck is wrong with
Woo, I'm sweating now, baby. Patty LaBelle with messing up Patty LaBelle. LaBelle with Patty LaBelle messing with my mind. Every chick in that group was holding their own. Of course, Patty shone and shined, do you dig? But everybody in that group, Sarah Dash, Nona Hendricks, and of course, the great Patty LaBelle, did the motherfucking thing, you dig? Before that was Wear It Out by Stargard, uh, who were actually produced by Norman Whitfield. But that joint, I believe, was not produced by Norman Whitfield. That's probably their second LP. But yeah. We're without Stargard, and before that, party up in here, the Brides of Funkenstein, and before that, God Mama here, by God Mama of Bootsy Collins Production. This is T.P. Corley on to the break of dawn, and guess where you are in the funk zone, baby? Hello, this is Bernadette Cooper from Climax. And I'm zoning out with T.P. Corleone in the Funk Zone on WGFMRadio.com. And slap me, because I still look good.
you don't stop. Yeah, that was um, Just That Type of Girl by Madam X. Funky ass cut because it's produced by funky ass lady, Miss Bernadette Cooper of Climax. And guess what? I had the pleasure of interviewing her earlier this week on a conversation which I taped, and I'm actually going to play that right now so you can hear what Bernadette Cooper has up her sleeve. And after that, I'm going to premiere her some cuts off of her brand new EP with um, Lorena Lungs and Climax. So let me shut the funk up and let you listen to what she had to say right now in the funk zone. Can you dig it, though? WGFMRadio.com, a division of Even If Inc., Chicago. Well, all right. Okay, we good. What's up, y'all in the funk zone? T.P. Corleone to the break of dawn. Can you dig it, though? This is actually Women's History Month. If you didn't know, now you know this March. So, as you all know, this episode is dedicated to women in the music business that do their thing very well. I call it C-Funk and why not grace this episode with one of the funkiest, funkiest artists, divas that I'm aware of? And actually, before I get into it deep, I will say the word diva. I never was aware of that word until this young lady came out, I think, with her first solo project. And that's real talk. Yep, I'm talking about Miss Bernadette Cooper, super producer extraordinaire from the group Climax. How you doing, Bernadette? I'm doing well. How are you, T.P. Carleone? Oh, yeah. I'm great. I'm great. I want to thank you very much for gracing my show with your presence. You know what I mean? Um, oh, no problem. Yeah, yeah. And I want to let the listeners know you have a hot new project out right now for those who didn't know. Now they will know. I'm going to read just a couple of uh, sentences, maybe a couple of paragraphs on your bio that we're going to let you just jump on in and let us know what's happening. So um, mm-hmm. the new project is called How to Survive a Midlife, Christ, a Midlife Crisis, Volume 1 by Climax featuring Bernadette Cooper and Lorena Longs. Um, after a much-anticipated reunion, the original dynamic vocal duo of Climax, Bernadette Cooper and Lorena Longs, are back. The secret is out, y'all, on the two members of the all-girl band well known for their hits such as Meeting in the Ladies Room, The Men All Pause, Sexy, and Divas Need Love Too, and I Miss You. That's like one of the classic love joints right there, bedroom, and sad tearjerker joints right there. I miss you. Anyway, they're together for one final time to celebrate over 30 years of climax and to introduce the new musical inspiration to the world. So, Bernadette, that actually leads me to um, actually the first question. So, um, that kind of let people know that you are here. Should we call this a comeback, or were you always doing your thing since um, the heyday of Climax, or how would you um, describe that? Yeah, I've always been, you know, doing things and starting projects and on tour with um um, Climax featuring Bernadette Cooper as well as Climax uh, uh, featuring Bernadette Cooper Diva in a turntable, which is more a smaller unit on the road doing like clubs. And I've always been writing and um, and doing some form of create creativity at mm-hmm. some. Point. And then I decided to you know 
I want to, I really want to focus on my audio books that I'm getting ready, that I've been doing. So you know what? I'm going to do one last climax project and I want to bring Lorena in. And that's when I decided to do it. Okay. So one last climax project. Um, so are you serious about that? This is the last thing we'll ever hear from climax. And if so, why is that? It would be the last project that I will be as um, produ- producing or um, uh, being involved in, um, as you know, um, this this project, How to Survive a Midlife Crisis, is Volume 1, Volume 2, Volume 3. We're on Volume 1 now. And, um, you know, I, it's just kind of like I just want to do other things, and maybe the other girls may want to do some climax projects, but under my banner, under my name, this is the last one that I'm going to do. Okay, interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, well, you know, we, we stopped touring together. Um, hold on, let me just write. Um, we, we, we kind of um, went our separate ways a very long time ago. And then we came back together and we did some touring. And everybody has a different opinion and a different idea of the way they want um, to represent themselves. So we kind of broke off into... Um, different concepts, and as you know, the Truth and Music Act, which is a new uh, legislation that allows anybody who's a part of a band to be able to tour and use a name so that they can make a living. So I guess everybody took it to heart and kind of, you know, uh, they're doing their version of the way they want to do it without being a part of a a group that has a decision-making group. Mm -hmm. So that's what in life. It's not... So negative. It's, it's more like if you're in a relationship with someone, relationship didn't work out, you, you do your own thing, and they do their thing. Coming back together, it, it, sometimes that doesn't work. So it's all good. I say whatever climax you see, support us, because we did make history together. I guess you were. Um, I'm kind of feeling that, you know, there's no negative vibes shadowing over the two um, versions of Climax. So that's cool. That is cool. And I'm glad there was no, I hate you, they hate me kind of thing going on, you know, which you hear a lot with many of these, um, groups that were, um, big back in the day that still push it, you know. So I'm glad to see that. I'm really glad to see that, you know, I mean, because you're right. People feel that, excuse me, I'm sorry. Go ahead. People feel that, you know, you know, you, we started together. We should always be together, but life happens, you know. Yes, it does. Yes, yeah. it does. Yep, I know that personally. Yep. So, yeah. and this business, it ain't personal. It's business, you know what I mean. And just like <laughs> you said, you guys make history together. So, you yeah. know, this is what it is. You know. And, and, and as far as the entire group getting together, that probably will never happen because you have a few members that have completely retired. They don't want to be involved in, you know, touring or doing anything. So that the entire group as a unit will never be together. That's not going to happen because other members, they don't even, they're doing other things with their lives. So um, the best you can do is, you know, get them the remaining three or four together, and that would be it. Mm, so Lorena Lungs, yeah. this project with you and Lorena Lungs, is she the only member of the group that got on this project with you? Yes, yes, I am. Um, I reached out to Lorena when I came up with the concept. I reached out to Lorena because, um, you know, her voice is the voice of Climax. All of those mm-hmm. songs, meeting in the ladies' room, 
um, sexy. I remember I put her in the studio to do sexy at 3 o'clock in the morning. She was pregnant. She came and knocked it out, went home, and went to bed. Whoa, really? Yeah, it's a lot of great stories. But Lorena and I have always been close, you know, and I mean, we've had different issues, a few issues, and, you know, for all these years, we've been very close, and I just wanted to bring her along, along and we, we started this together, and I wanted to end it with her. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Interesting, very interesting. Well, um, so I would kind of assume from that, like, she's probably one of your best friends. Can I assume that? Well, yes, we're like sisters. I mean, okay. we're not to each other in three months, but when we talk to each other, it's like we've, we've always been around, you know. Um, yeah, and in the days of me first starting Climax and putting Climax together, you know, it was a long road, you know, in, in rehearsing and, and getting the group together and trying to put our money together to pay for rehearsal rooms, you know. Lorena was a part of all of that, you know. Like Joyce Irby came later. After the contract was signed, but the the nucleus of the group who went through the struggles of it all, you know, she was a part of that. So I wanted her to, um, you know, she was in the beginning of the struggle, Mm -hmm. and here we are at the end, and I wanted her to be a part of it. That's lovely. That's that's lovely. Mm -hmm. So since since we're on the topic of the group in general, I'm just curious, um, can you give me, now I don't want you to just go into a whole hour episode of BET Unsung, whichever channel okay. that came on, Unsung TV1, because I did see the Unsung, but what's your version, like a quick version of how the group formed, the incarnation of Climax? Um, well, it's pretty well documented that I, I started the group. I, okay. I, I came up with the concept of the all-girl band. I found, uh, I found the members. And I um, came up with the name. Uh-huh. Again, I, I came up with the name Climax, and I, um, you know, with my concept of uh, putting together an all-girl band, and I hired each individual. Really? So, so it, it was really your it's your baby. Climax is basically your baby, huh? Yes, absolutely. Oh, right. Now, see that I didn't know. I really yeah. did not know that. You know yeah. I mean? Yeah. Well, you know, there's a lot of different versions, but. That version is pretty well documented. You know, from hearing that, I kind of put, and I know you probably hate to be compared with male counterparts, but that's just how it goes when you're um, a, a woman, I guess. But just from that right there, when you were telling me that story, put me in the mind of Larry Blackman. You know what I mean? I'm like, well, that was a, you know, she's a female Larry Blackman. She played drums. She put the group together. You know, she came out front later on, just like he did in Cameo. You know what I mean? You know, so I just. So did Morris Day. Yeah, no, I was really going to say that. Yeah, I really was going to say that, Morris Day. When I saw um, the men on Paul's video, I'm like, wait a minute. This is me. Wait a minute. Now, how did that happen? I was, first of all, I'm a big Morris Day fan, so I was really feeling that vibe you did right there. But I really didn't want to mention it. It reminded me of a female Morris Day in case you might not have taken it that way. But I have to know I'm not the first person who you know, looked at it that way. So so is that your real personality? Is that how you feel on stage? That's a part of you? What happened with that whole thing? Don't well, stop me. Mm-hmm. Well, it was, um, it, it's definitely my, my uh, personality. And I think who discovered it and who brought it out of me and put it on record was Jimmy and Terry. 
Really? Yeah, they they produced um, on one of our projects, and they were like, you remind us so much of Morris. <laughs> and I'm like, he's a female of Morris Day. So, you know, I would play like him. I would walk around and talk like him and play. But oh, my really? Our personalities were very, very similar, so I accept that. I have no there problem. There was another drummer, right? There we go. Another yeah. drummer that came up. What's up with that? What is up with that? That's syncopation, like that? baby. Syncopation. Yeah, syncopation and innovation. You did. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. So I kind of compliment you on a uh, couple of things, too, speaking of you being a drummer. Now, it shows, well, first of all, let me ask you this first. You as a producer, it's obvious on some of these joints uh, that you've produced that there are some um, drum machines and drum programming. Did you do the drum programming on some of these joints? Yes. So, yes. Okay, yes. Well, that, that explains. Please don't ask me which one because I have to think about it and remember. But, yeah, I do, I do drum programming very okay. well. Yeah, so ones that stood out the most to me was the one that stood out the most was a generational. That was just all over the place. That, that rhythm was just... Man, that was all over the place in a good way. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's you know? me. That I did the uh, all the sound effects, all the voices, all the sound effects. I did all the programming. Um, I found um, there are a few samples in there. I found the samples. I put that together one hundred percent. All the everything is. Um, it, I, I I performed and I programmed. Oh, go with your bad self. Go with your bad self. So you perform all the instruments, all the instruments on that side. Yeah, I mean, it's not much, it's not many instruments. Most of the instruments are performed with my mouth. Right. You know, like the percussions, that, that's all done with my, my little deep box, box mouth. Yeah. You know, but it has a little Afro feel to it, too. You know what I mean? Um, Absolutely. Yeah, well, you did that. Well, let's just talk about the song for a minute, and then that, that's where the African um, the African parts would come in, because we're talking about the name of the song is called Generational. We're talking mm-hmm. about generational abuse and generational things that kind of stick with you from our forefathers and our ancestors, things that they said about you and, and uh, or negative things that kind of follow you throughout life and shapes the way you are as a person and how letting that go is important. You know, I was a, I, I, I suffered through that a little bit in my life. So I was able to write it, you know, where you have people who just for whatever reason want to be negative towards you. So the African voices, are simu- that's simulating the, uh, the ancestors, you know, of the past, yes. you yes. know, and how, and how they follow you throughout your life. And it's, you have to take time to work on that particular and forgive them. Work on that particular issue of what about them really sticks to your spine, you know, throughout your life. You've got to get rid of that negativity, you know, and, go, and I, my process is forgiveness. Now, whatever another person's process is, is theirs, but I just chose to forgive and understand the situations and the circumstances that they were in at that time that caused them to be that way, because that's not my problem, it's theirs. So that's what generational is about. Oh, you just hit me upside the head with that one, you know. Really. Okay. You know, I feel it, too. When I think about how the song sounds, I do feel it, you know. Yes. And um, every version on every generation, there's a few different generational versions. We go through 
what, what's actually happening, and then the second is the beautiful people that's letting you, that's teaching you how that's the skills to let go of the negativity, love yourself, and forget about it, forget about it, and then you go through. Uh, enslaved by another, generational enslaved by another. That one, yeah. that, that's the relationship aspect of it, because you go through relationships, and relationships can mess you up, too. Yeah, yeah, tell me about it. You know, and then you get to with the next person, and you're, you're um, treating them bad because the last person treated you bad. You know, it's all generational. We're trying to break the chain on this particular volume one of how to survive a midlife crisis. Well, I'm glad you touched on that subject, actually, because um, I, you know, I'm the kind of person when I hear music, I'm listening to the groove and the musicality of it first before I get into the meaning of it. So I listened to actually your project three times, and it wasn't until I, the last time I heard it, I really so some of the message you were trying to get across, but not to this um, the extent you just explained it to me. So I really appreciate that, you know. Yeah. So, um, so I will always have a different, you know, approach when I listen to it. But it's funky. It's still funky, y'all. You know, yeah. you know. For those who like to shake y'all ass and everything, you can still get down with it like that. But yeah. So, can I assume from what you're just telling me, this whole project itself, um, is it sort of kind of like um, therapy or just a teaching project? That's something like like you had to use the bathroom and just get it out. Well, now you just had to get it out of you. Can I assume that's how you felt about this project, how to survive a midlife crisis, or how would you explain that? Yeah, it's um, it's, it's sort of therapy and on many different forms, and letting go of the past and embracing the future and the things I used to do then. I don't even want to do now, and it's okay. okay. You know, no more. You know, I want to move forward in life, and it's little skills, little lessons, and um. Like one of the songs is called No More Sex, you know. That's coming up in volume two. That well, I was like, I missed that one, right? Okay, No More Sex. I don't, I don't want to go into I don't want to give it away, but pretty cool, much cool. your temple, your body is your temple, and that's all you have. So it's learning at this point. We made it. We made it through. You know, we made it through our 30s, our 40s, our 50s, and our 60s. Now we have to embrace our bodies and just not give it away so freely and appreciate and learn how to love yourself. You sound so wild, young lady. You sound it, it so is, wild. You know. It is therapy. It mm-hmm. is therapy. It's diva therapy. There you go. Diva therapy. Diva. Yes. Wow. That's you, me back to, you said what? I got to write that. Yeah, please, diva, diva therapy. Do that. Do that. Do what I mean. Why don't I write it and you remix it? Oh, is that official? We got this on record now. Oh, yes. Well, yes, I can do. We can do that. Oh, there we go. Well, thank you. I am honored. I am honored, you know. Uh, when I heard you say diva therapy, when I just heard you say that word, um, and diva in general, I, like we, I entered, uh, um, started this whole interview and conversation off with saying the word diva. Um, well, I was like a little kid, you know, not a little, I was like a teenager, I believe, something like that, but. When I first heard the word diva that's put out there on the mainstream was when you, I believe, did your first solo project. And I remember you explaining that on Soul Train with Don Cornelius. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, this chick is cold. She just came all the way out with it, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm really, that's how I really felt about that. And I wanted to ask you, uh, even when you were doing, when you first 
individual solo thing around that time. Um, how was just your feeling about that? I mean, was it like here I am now? I've arrived. This is who I. Uh, what y'all gonna see and f everything else? I mean, how was your whole mindset when you first did your first solo project back in the days? I think that was that the late eighties, was it or early nineties? I can't really recall. Early nineties. Okay, yeah. early nineties. Okay. It was. It was. Um. It was fabulous because he was working with no expectations because I had just um, moved on from Climax, the band. You know, we had gone through our issues, and I just, the whole concept of um, being a part of a band, a band can be a lot when you, when you um, because everything is done by committee. You know, you got to vote together, you know. And I was, I just creatively kind of felt trapped, and um, I just wanted to move forward with my life. I think it was a great decision. You know, I could have waited a while until that one album did better, but... It was a great decision for me because I was able to move on and start my life in production, and, and that is the thing that sustained me. So it was actually a wonderful thing, you know. Um, when I left and I started, um, my um, little Silas came to me from MCA. You left the band, I, he said, and um, I want to sign you as a solo artist. And he just pretty much gave me a budget and let me do whatever I wanted to do. So I, did, I didn't know... Me being an individual um, and not really patterning patterning myself after anybody else. Um, mm-hmm. Only person who to me ever was really Prince, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he inspired me to be free. Mm-hmm. So when I went to write the project, um, um, it was very um, liberating. So I was able to just do whatever I wanted to do and say whatever I wanted to say. I, I know. Nobody um, holding me back or telling me what I could or could not do. So what you heard from that project um, was just liberation, pretty much liberation. That's what's up. I can dig that. I can definitely dig that. Um, And I recall, I think you were kind of rocking a Josephine Baker hairstyle, too, if I can recall. Yes, I was. Yeah, yeah, I remember, (laughs) baby. I remember that one. My, My good friend Sammy McKinney cut that hairdo. And um, you know, it became it became very popular. Mm-hmm. Oh, I bet it did. Actually, I know it did. You know, yeah. I know it did. Yeah. So around that time frame in your career, um, now of course I don't know this as well as you know, but um, I think around that time, a little before, is that when you first got into producing other acts? Was it was it like a little before you first went solo, or right around the same time, or? I think, did I do Madam Max? I think it was, was it, did I, I don't don't know what Jerry Brown is here. Jerry Brown, the engineer of that project, who's now working on John Legend, and and, Mm. uh, he's here, he's visiting me today. But I think it was, um, um, I think it was after um, Madam, uh uh-oh, what's her name on my iPad. Um, I think it was after Madam X, but okay. Sylvia Rome came to me and she was like, I heard you left the group. Um, I, I, I heard you had a concept for a, a group. And I said, yes, I do. I have a three-girl concept. I, you know, I'm really into seeing what the market is, what's empty or, or not available mm-hmm. in the market, and I like to fulfill that. And that's how I came up with the climax. And there was no three girl act at that time that was doing very well. And yeah, I you're, the concept. Yeah, yeah, you're so right about that. Um, actually, um, 
for me being, as I told you before, a Prince fan, a Morris Day fan, I was actually a fan of the old Minneapolis funk movement. And around that time, if I'm not mistaken, um, there was no more Apollonia 6 nor Vanity 6. I don't think the Mary Jane girls was kicking ass no more, that kind of thing. So yeah. when they came out, when uh, you came out with Madam X, just that type of girl, I was like, this is what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what I'm talking about. And the and the actual track itself was so unique. I mean, it was it was just the cowardice, brokenness, and still hitting hard, you know, and the attitude that you had. I could tell it definitely was your attitude on that. You could definitely tell that, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, that, um, was, mm -hmm. that was, you know, I love creating with no expectations. And that's yeah. why this particular project, How to Survive, is so wonderful. Because there's no expectations. I don't have a record company telling me that they need a certain kind of hit. And I don't really look well like that, you know, okay. because I find myself trying to get in their mind and, you know, write like, you know, because they're, they're usually following a pattern of the last hit somebody else wrote. Yeah. So you guys do it today, so. And it becomes more of a job when you're doing yeah. like that. You know, more than just a pleasure, it becomes yeah. more of a job, you know. Yes, but um, yeah, that's the frame of mind that I was in. Okay, okay. And um, I want to go back to that um project quickly that Madam X project. Um there was another cut where actually I didn't even I wasn't aware of this until just recently, I think about a month ago, I was watching um Axon Jackson with Vanity mm -hmm. on um on um Netflix, I think it was, cable. And mm -hmm. I was like, wait a minute, that sounds like uh Madam X next. So I didn't even realize that you had a well you guys had a song on the action Jackson Jackson soundtrack and I've been looking for that bad boy ever since I can't even find it there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was, um, I was music supervisor of that movie, Action Jackson. Were so, you? Yeah, and I did the um I did the title track. You know another movie that was really popular that I, I, I did um the the the, um, the music for was um uh what is it, Julie what is it? With uh God um, it has, um, let me think of it. I did The Body Beautiful for Julie Marr with, with, um, you know, what I got to think about it. I forgot the name of the movie. Mm -hmm. Hold on, let me look at it. Mm -hmm. Um, I've done a lot of movie stuff. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. You know what it seems like just when you're telling me that? Uh, so it was the last me when you had mentioned that, uh, Sylvia Rohn came to you, and also um, the um, the other label came to you um, as far as you going solo, as far as you doing the um, Madam X project and things like that. So it seems like your career, well, I can't really say for sure, but it seems like your talent and your, I guess, will and um, work ethic and so forth kind of opened a lot of doors for you because some of the things, some of the opportunities that appear from what you just told me that came about in your career, many people would have killed for those opportunities. You know what I mean? Um, as far as getting deals, having a solo project, and being able to produce other acts. I mean, I know producers, I know artists and things like that, and many of those people are just pounding the pavements trying to get that type of work that was offered to you. You know what I mean? Which shows people appreciate it um, and recognize your talent and ability in this game. Know what I mean? Yes. Well, before I answer that, the name of the movie was Too Wong Fu. 
Oh, with uh, Wesley Snipes. Yeah, that's the the very the very first song is is I I perform with Salt and Pepper and um it's on the it's the opening track, The Body Beautiful. Girl, well, okay, I gotta go back and um I gotta go back and check on that. You, you know, I, to answer to answer your question, mm-hmm. I had a fabulous life, and it's still going strong. But you know, I've worked on many projects. I've opened up many doors, and I've been invited through many doors. You know, and I really am humbled by it all. You know, and um, uh, it's been wonderful. It's been a wonderful ride. I don't really have many regrets. Well, you got good karma. That's probably what that is, too. You know, good karma. You know, I, I'm, I'm human, but I try. Okay, okay, okay. I think you're doing a good job. I think you're doing a good job. <laughs> okay, good. Now, um, another thing I was kind of um, curious about on this particular project, why did you name it that? I mean, because that's a very catchy title right there. You know, I wanted to do something that, um, you know, in doing this project, I, I was kind of like, you know, um, I have been in this business since I was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And I said, what kind of music do I want? I want to perform now. And what kind of music do my, um, the people who have followed me, uh, my demographics, what do they want to hear from me now? And a lot of them are going through a lot of things that I'm going through in my life. Mm-hmm. Where you, you're trying to have your career, but everybody's taking care of their mothers and their grandmothers. Yeah. Everybody's trying to survive. And people are, and women especially, we are the, you know, we're, we're the, you know, a lot of us are doing this stuff solo. We're taking care of the children. We're taking care of the house. We're going to work every day. We're, we're feeding the dogs. And we don't really have time for a midlife crisis because we can't afford a moment to have it. So but it this, comes anyway. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. What did you say? I said, but it, you don't have time for it, but it comes anyway. But we have to keep pushing forward, you know, and um, even with these generational things attached to us, even with love relationships gone, relationships gone bad, even with um, the struggles of paying the bills, we have to keep going forward. But we have our moments, you know, when we just kind of, we're in bed and we cry a little bit because we carry a, a lot of weight on our shoulders because women are women are powerful. We're, you yeah. know, I'm not taking away from men. I'm just saying, women. You know, we are we are we we have God in us because yeah. we have the ability to give life, and we just don't have that time. So, this project is dedicated to men as well. But I really want to empower women to embrace, you know, um, yourself, love yourself. Get rid of the negativity of the past, and let's yeah. just move forward fiercely. Yeah, I feel that. Well, this is Women's History Month, so what you say is very on point at this time. And also, as a man, you know, keep it in real, uh, this society encourages, you know, chauvinism and things like that, but I think some of it is natural, some of it isn't. And when I was younger, I had uh, quite a few chauvinistics, um uh, how can I say, um, ideas about women, you know. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that negative, you know, when like a woman beat her or anything like that. But um, as time goes on, you get to know women better, like your spouses, your daughters, your moms, and your old mates or whomever it is, sisters, whatever. You realize these ladies put up with a whole lot. And then not only that, if anybody shows any um, lady 
especially uh, women of our race, but not just ours, but especially I'm speaking on that because that's one my environment. Um, when they show any type of strength or resilience publicly or confidence publicly, um, the average society wants to um, you know, demonize that. You know what I mean? Isn't it say, what you say? Yeah, it's sad. It's sad. It's sad. What's, what's wrong with being strong? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with being strong, baby? Mm-hmm. An example would be, you know, uh, um, Gail King, you know, she had an opinion about Kobe. She's entitled yeah. to her opinion. And, you know, she's a, that's what she does for a living. But uh, the way she was demonized was just, it was painful and it was hurtful to women, all, especially um, black women all over the world because it gave people entitlement to call us bitches. And you know, that big black, you know, it was, it was really, it was painful for a, a black man to say that about a woman, a, a queen who has risen up in this media world. Why break her down for a moment uh, because you didn't agree with her opinion? Megan the Stallion. You know, she she doesn't want to be, you know, she doesn't want to be pimped anymore. And it's okay for her to rise up and say, I have created this image into something successful. I just want to renegotiate my contract so I can feel good doing what I'm doing. There's nothing wrong to it, but people want to demonize her for that. And it's, it's crazy. Yes, it is. It is. Especially in this industry because, I hate to say it, um, from the from a certain aspect, this is a pimping and hoeing business, um, entertainment that is, you know. And the artists, if they don't have little or no control, they're mainly the hoes and the companies, the promoters and things like that are the pimps, you know. So if, if any artist gets or at least attempts to get any type of control or power over their own career, they already look at sideways and then when a woman does it, it's even worse, you know what I mean? So that's why I do agree with you being say you have been blessed, you lived a good life and many ladies would have loved to have the career that you have right have had and still have right now. You know what I mean? So yeah. hats off to you and praise the creator for letting that happen the way you did. You know what I mean? Yes, I've always, I've always known as a child what my purpose on life was, you know, and I found my passion very early. So it's sort of, you know, if I don't have a penny in my pocket, I feel blessed and I feel wealthy because um, finding your passion is, is, is happiness and success. You've got to twist it. You know, when you find your passion and you're able to do your passion, that's success, you know. That's mm-hmm. what really is, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm fortunate. I'm fortunate in that aspect. Yes, you. Let me tell you another way you are blessed and fortunate. And um, it's part of my critique, or not that I'm a professional critic, but it's part of my critique on your recent project, how to survive a midlife crisis. Now, um, volume one. I'm sorry. Go on, I'm sorry. What, I'm sorry. I knew I was going to mess that up. Right? Volume one. You know, you did great. You just yeah, volume one. Right. Okay. Thank yeah. you very much. Wait, volume one because there are more coming out. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Okay then. Okay then. But dig. So, um, I did mention this to our friend. Now, um, no disrespect at all from my first statement. I'm about to say, but I was um, expecting something good. I mean, basically, because I know um, what much of your or some of your um, your past history and so forth, based on following the group Climax and some of your solo projects. Of course, I don't know everything that that you have done, 
But I did expect me to like something. I definitely expected to like something. But also, um, as it's kind of customary for artists who have had success in the, say, especially as long as you have had your career, that are still doing it or even make a comeback or try to attempt a comeback, many of them, many of them have a hard time not sounding dated. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, and sounding current doesn't necessarily mean copying a certain trend that's popular. Sounding current means exactly that. Sounding like you've evolved. Sounding like this is something I would still play right now in my ride at a club and a DJ set or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. There are a handful of artists I do feel have um, overcame that I, I, that I feel still are like at least a half meter or a beat still ahead of everybody that in their career they haven't um, missed a beat as far as their innovation and everything. And you are definitely one of those. And that's kind of rare for a person who had, who had a career like you was. Because right now, when I was listening to your um, to this project, I've heard, I mean, I've heard songs that go just as well or better with, with some of the stuff that's out on the radio right now, stuff that's being played in the clubs right now. And no one, say, say a 19, 20-year-old, so to speak, that a person that may not know who you are but have no idea this person had hits in the 80s. They'll probably think it's a new school artist right now. You know what I mean? And that's a big accomplishment. That's what I got from this project as well. You know, Was that intentional or is this is just who you are? Well, first of all, it's a beautiful compliment. And um, um, I think, um, no, it wasn't intentional. I, the only intention that I had was to strive to make something remarkable. That's mm-hmm. all I wanted. Because it's really about um, being remarkable. And, you know, I, I, as I said, what you're listening to is freedom. I, I really didn't go, oh, my God, we've got to put it up next to, you know, this person or that person. I went in with my engineer, my engineer, Jerry Brown, who is the executive producer of this project, and we, um, he did um, um, the Madam X project, and he also did my solo album with me. We're still kind of together doing work. And, nope. um, but don't said, break that up, please. Yeah, don't this, <laughs> this is what I want to do. You know, I have the, he listened to the song. He was like, wow, this is great. And we just worked on it and found, he, you know, he's a mixer. And he mixed it, and we just kept going and going in my studio. So we were able to spend months on mixing it to get it right. And um, what you hear is pretty much freedom and leading, not following, mm. leading, you there know, you the charge. Um, and, you know, I, I, and, and I'm going to say one factor. I don't care if someone – well, I do care if you love it. I do. But I, I'm not going to – nothing is based on another person's opinion. Let me say that. Right. I just wanted to put something beautiful out. I wanted to put something heartfelt, something mm-hmm. that you listen to and I can cry from because I can, I'm touched by the words, you know. And I'm hoping that it will touch other people the same way. And that's all I can pretty much do. You know, this is mm-hmm. this is where I, this is who I am on this project. Okay, I can hear wisdom and experience in it too. You know, I can definitely yeah. hear that. You know, it's really a beautiful project. Mm-hmm. you if you sit down, smoke a joint, and listen to it, you are re- and listen to the lyrics. Um, I'll send you over the lyrics and the credits because if you okay. really read the lyrics, it's really a beautiful project. Okay, okay. Well, again, I want to apologize, well, but just I got to keep it 100 that 
it wasn't until my third time hearing it that I really got some of the messages that were coming through. I was yes. listening to the grooves at first, and you're right, it is beautiful. It's very beautiful. You know, yeah, that's it. normal. That's normal. It usually takes me, some things hit me right away, but you have to go back because, well, you know, we got African blood in us. We want to hear the blues. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know that. We, we sit back and... um we 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 got to listen to the lyrics, and if you listen to the lyrics of a lot of things, it it will touch you, because it it came from the heart. Okay. It came from the heart of a woman who's going through what, you know, as I said before, many women are at at, at our age, and we're moving forward. We're, we're taking care of everybody. You know, I took care of my grandmother, and now I'm taking care of my mother. Wow. And then the start, and then you know, when she goes to sleep, I go in my studio. You know, mm-hmm. and a lot of women are doing that alone. Wow. Right. So I'm giving props to all the women out there who are doing it. You are not alone. You are not alone. Wow. So you really can't really do any studio work until you you know your mom is straight and taken care of and the best thing done. Then you can go get to work, basically. Well, well, she's well, yes, but you know, she's she's not. She's doing very well. So when I great. say that, okay, great, yeah, great. I went throughout the day when you know, but usually I'm up in the morning making breakfast for her. You mm-hmm. know, between breakfast and lunch, you know, I can go in my studio after lunch. You know, um, I can go in, and then after dinner, I can kind of go in and and work. And I'm fortunate to uh, have her here with me. Cool. Well, all right. That's lovely. That's love, right there. Actually, that's yeah. love. That's love. Wow. So I I can kind of get love as part of the inspiration for this project, too. You know, I can get that, too. That's why I went back and got Lorena. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I wanted to show, you know, the sisterly love of it all. And um, uh, we work very well together. I mean, we did Divas Need Love together. Divas Need Love, too. We did um, Sexy together. You know. Okay. Her voice. You know, we, we've always worked very well together in the studio. And her her um, temperament is so easy. Mm-hmm. So we were able to really, and I think I brought out the best in her on this project. And generational, her voice is so beautiful. And I wanted the world to embrace her. Um, Lorena's going through a little bit of a cancer scare right now. So oh, everything is so timely, you know. And right in the middle of the project, she was diagnosed. And she's doing so much better right now. So all of this, I think it was all meant to be. Uh, and everybody was, listening, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but everybody listening to this interview right now in the funk zone, I want you to send some positive vibes of blessings and healings to Lorena right now. We really need that, you know what I mean? Yes. Let's make yes. that for real. Let's make it for real, you know. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, yeah, and for, for that, I, I kind of... Um, Wanted to mention, um, actually those vocals. Yeah. Okay. Well, she's going she gonna to be good. She's going to be good. She's going to be good. That's why this is all happening, you know, to give that this project is inspiration, energy, and healing for everybody, you know. Um, and, I, and I wanted to comment on her, actually, because I, I took some notes real quick. I'm not going to hold you too long, but I did want to mention how good she sounded in all of these. But the one that stood out the most to me, my favorite is on, um, Actually, how to survive a midlife crisis? Oh yeah, those vocals, them, you know. So let me tell you another. And I hate to again, I'll do apologize when I do the comparisons, but it's you just okay. can't. Okay. You can't help it. You can't help it. But um, those, you know, the tight, 
choppy, crisp vocal style on that with how she's doing, that was killing. That reminds me a little bit like some of the old school Chic and Change kind of thing, if you know what yeah. I'm talking about. You know what I mean? Well, let me give you a little history on how we did that song. Okay. Mm-hmm. We both were um, we both were in in the recording booth, and that's actually me and her in the verses, kind of singing together, you know. And okay. kind of, you know, of course, she's ahead of me because she's the vocalist. But we were in there together. We had so much fun because Lorena has been always the singer who's always slightly behind the beat. And you got to go, Lorena, girl. If you don't get on that beat, mm-hmm. you know. So, we we had a lot of fun doing that, and then I wanted her to uh, really show her chops, and there's a little bit of Ella Fitzgerald in there. It's really okay. Good. okay. Yeah. Well, I got to go back and look for that again. Look at the sound of Ella in there, too. That is, that's yeah. how those vocals just really stand out on that one. Yeah, she did a beautiful job. Okay, that's a nice story. That's a nice story, you know. Yeah. So I'm going to um, wrap it up soon, but okay. not be, not before... I want to hear, I know this is kind of um, a cliche question to ask, but coming from someone like yourself, it means a lot to me. Um, what would you say to um, artists, up-and-coming artists nowadays, and I know that music industry has changed so much. You've seen so many um, changes and evolutions and the way things are recorded technology, media, and so forth, but still, with that, because you're still doing it, what would you say to artists, and especially women, artists who are trying, who are new with this career, who have just achieved a first touch of success, what kind of um, wisdom could you impart on this generation of musical um, stars, musical artists in general? You, You know, I've been asked that question and whenever I'm asked that question, I'm kind of, I'm taken aback a little bit because the industry has changed so much that there are no rules anymore. Back mm-hmm. in the day, you give some really good advice and, you know, and you were actually, you were respected back in the day much more with these record companies, you know. And um, I don't know what to say other than um, stay true to yourself, read your contracts, and if it's really your passion, and you are not going to ever be happy if you don't follow this passion, then do it, do it. And um, there's so many wonderful ways that you can put out your project and not get caught up in, um, in um, signing a contract or signing with someone who's going to pretty much own you because it's not many people that are going to um, – Everybody's out for themselves right now. Record companies have always been out for themselves, yeah. but at least they treated you with a little bit more respect, you know, and they honored their, their artists, and they, and they understood that at some point when you become very famous, we're going to renegotiate your contract. They didn't often say no. They were mm-hmm. very strong and understood, okay, Aretha Franklin got us, okay, come on in here, Aretha, we're going to redo this contract, we're going to give you a million dollars, which was in those days a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't, it's hard for me to say, I don't want to stick in there, do it. That's all good. I think Be real. if it's something that you really want to do, put it out yourself. Learn social media. Learn marketing techniques. Take a class. Uh, for this project, I, I was up. I studied for three months in so in, in social media marketing. 
so I can understand the new way of doing it because I was so connected to the old way of doing it. It's very, very hard. And that's why most of this project I'm giving away right now. I mean, if you go to my uh, Facebook site, which is Climax, mm-hmm. Cooper, you can get the project for free for, um, until it hits the streaming markets. But you can definitely get it because um, that's a way for people to, if you read the book called The Color Purple, it has a very good marketing concepts and techniques on how to survive this industry. Interesting. Okay, I'll look into that myself. Thank you very yeah. much. Actually, I took that for myself, okay? Yeah, it's a very good. It's just a little book, so you can mm-hmm. read it, but it's like a the Bible of, of free thinking and marketing because you're not going to survive if you don't really understand the social media aspect of it all right now. Mm-hmm. And if you understand the social media aspect, you don't really need a record company. Right. You can put it out on CD Baby, which is a very good distribution label, yeah. you know, um, um, I'm sorry, distribution center. And um, But you have to understand, once you get it to CD Baby, you have to understand how the social media market your product because mm-hmm. that's how the record company is going to do these days because you can't get it on radio right away. Yeah, and also along with that, um, there's so much more freedom now than there used to be. You know, freedom is the words you were speaking of earlier as far as this project itself, yeah. uh, as far as it goes. But there's so much freedom, and you have control over how you will be branded, how you want to be perceived, and that all that. Now, if you're just thirsty for a contract, that's on you, you know, but um, you don't have to be thirsty for a contract, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Exactly. And, I mean, mm-hmm. don't, get excited. don't get excited by the... Um upfront money, the $10,000 or $15,000 mm-hmm. or whatever, because you can, we'll spend that in one day, and then you've got to abide by the words in that contract. Yeah. So the best thing to do is to put it out yourself, you know, mm-hmm. work a little over time, put it out yourself. It's okay. And, mm-hmm. you know, find you somebody to do your a great album cover and, and put your project out, get it on YouTube, you know, work it yourself. Mm-hmm. And you can be just as successful, you know. Yeah, I want to piggyback on what you just said, not to stay on that for too long, but um, we were speaking of CD Baby now. To to co-sign what you just said, I remember like in the early 2000s, like 2003, 2004, one of those years um, when CD Baby was fairly new, um, and you had an, a release on CD Baby, the industry kind of looked at you like you were like an outsider, kind of like, not just the industry, but... People in general, they frowned upon. Oh, your, your stuff just on CD, baby. You ain't real. You know what I mean? You ain't got yeah, no real record company. You know that kind of thing. You know. Well, well but, that's that's ignorance because CD Baby is a distribution company. Exactly. It's a label. People have to understand the, dif- the the difference. I just had a conversation with somebody who said the same thing to me. I go, no, CD Baby is a distribution company. Exactly. And how fabulous. To have a distribution company that gets your product to iTunes and and, uh, and all the things, Amazon, all the places. Yes. So you take what you do is you create your project, you take it to CD Baby, you pay whatever they pay, which is not much, what they mm-hmm. charge, right. and you get it. They get it to the streaming services. What's yes. so horrible about that? Right. You, have, you walk away with a hundred percent of your life. If exactly. You record company, you're walking away with twenty five percent. Mm-hmm. So, well, to prove, yeah, no, but, but to co-sign on what you just said, the second part of that is um, now, as years have progressed since then, when people were saying that to me and the others I know who said that about others 
who did release one CD baby. Now I see more and more people are doing that and CD baby doesn't have that uh, negative stigma as they did back then because people are understanding based on what you just said, the social media aspect. Once you catch the social media down, you know, you're, you control your own promotion, your own networking and everything. That is you. That is your career because CD baby is just a distributor. You know what yes. I mean? So now CD Baby is kind of coming up again, more so than yeah. ever. There, let me tell you something. Let me tell mm-hmm. you something in secret. A lot of these artists are putting their stuff out on CD Baby. They yeah. just don't put, Megan Thee Stallion has been putting her products out on CD Baby. Mm-hmm. Really? Really? She signed to an independent label, and this is what the whole fight is about. Um, and out of her portion of the money, they're making her put her own project out because so they don't have a label that's pushing everything and putting. So that was what part of her, her issue was she's putting her stuff out through CD baby, but it's not going CD baby is taking it to iTunes and right. So it's not CD baby is not pumped up. You don't have to really even say it's from CD. Right. Baby. Right. Cause you will see it on iTunes. You know yeah. what I mean? That's where you're going to see it. That's where the average person goes to buy their music anyway. So exactly. Hey. CD baby's fabulous because it's any place that has, gives you an opportunity to show the world your dream is a wonderful place. And, um, they're, they're the number one distribu- distributor right now because yeah, that's what's a lot of these artists, you, you think, you know, that are independent. If you're independent, you need a distributor. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of these people are going through the CD Baby, they're just not saying it. Mm-hmm. So don't, no shame. Work it out. Yes. You're all saying, amen, sister. Amen. You know. Yes. Now, I want to, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for doing this on the, my show, The Funk Zone. You know, it's great to have a legend. It's great to have a diva mm-hmm. for this month. And it's Great to be able to premiere a new project from somebody that I've always, you know, admired. So I really appreciate that. Much love for you for doing that. Much respect to you. Thank, thank you. you. And thank you for the interview. I, I was lo- really looking forward to do- doing this. And we have to do something together. Oh, good. Oh, now my heart is pumping because I can definitely see that. When I can see it. I can see it. I can see it. Thank you for the offer. I will not forget to ask. We're going to get it cracking. In the meantime, we're going to blow this record up. And I'm looking forward for Volume 2. But until yeah. Volume 2 comes out, we're going to yeah. pump the hell out of this one right here. You did. You. You're welcome. So uh, before you go, leave your drop your um, – for the, well, I'll put it, I'll mention it on the show anyway, but drop your um, social media links where you would like to be reached, where people can, what you want to uh, find, where they want to find you at. Okay, on Instagram and um, Climax uh, featuring Bernadette Cooper. Hmm. I think that's FT Bernadette Cooper. Um, then it's Bernadette Cooper official on Instagram. You have um, Climax featuring Bernadette on, on um, Bernadette Cooper on uh Facebook, and you have Bernadette Cooper on Facebook, and um, I'm on Instagram under Bernadette Cooper as well. Okay, you know? okay, great, great. Reachable. I'm reachable. Yeah, right? you're reachable. We can find you, huh? Yeah, yeah, you can find me. Get we to can. one of my social media and leave me a message, and I'll hit you back. For sure, I got you. I got you. Yeah. Well, once again, you have a great rest of the night. You know well, what I mean? Thank you. Thank you.
No problem at all, and we'll keep in touch. Um, keep me posted on everything, and I'll let you know when we um, air everything. Peace and love. And stay safe in this new time, this new era, things going on. Keep it safe and be careful. Yes, and thank you very much. No problem. Well, uh, <laughs> bye-bye. Look. WGFMRadio.com, a division of Even If Inc., Chicago. That's what it do, baby. Bernadette Cooper was in the building. I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I enjoyed doing it. Chopping it up with her and keep doing what you do. Much blessings to you, Bernadette. Thanks for gracing the show. And right now, we're going to just get into them jams. I'm not going to tease you with it anymore. Here is one of the cuts from the LP, from the EP right now. This cut is called Generational by... Climax with Bernadette Cooper and Lorena Lungs. Let's do it, baby.
that's generational and generational enslaved by another by Bernadette Cooper and Lorena Longs with Climax. So let's get into the actual title cut of the EP, which is called How to Survive a Midlife Crisis. We talked about it. Let's hear it, baby, and groove to it. Can you dig it down?
You know how to survive a midlife crisis? Just keep doing what you do and make it do what it do. Just like you're going to survive this uh, corona thing too, you dig? That's how we're going to do that. Well, uh, for you old school heads like myself, let's get into some old school climax that you know and love. Meeting in the ladies room. Well, all right.
Meeting in the Ladies Room by Climax. Now, once again, I suggest that you get the brand new EP, How to Survive a Midlife Crisis, by Bernadette Cooper and Lorena Lungs with Climax. It's hot. You heard it. Make it do what it do. Add it to your collection, especially as we are quarantining ourselves. Quarantine yourself to some good music and some good grooves and some good times with some love and meaning. Behind that, you dig? Let's change the groove a little bit as we are still celebrating Women's History Month with an episode dedicated to all women, the lovely ladies, because you know TP loves the ladies. Okay, here is The Essence by Jordy Watley. things about life Sharing, caring Loving, laughing Use your words to say how you feel Positive living Worth remembering The essence of being the essence of life Love lives in happiness and peace of mind Love lives in happiness Little girl, embrace your Sublime, the essence, 
from? Are you scared? I think you're the one. Hey boy, what you running from? I won't hurt you, so let's have some fun.
Woo! Summer Boy by Lady Gaga from her debut LP, The Fame. I think to me, out of all the songs she's uh, released, you know, she's this pop diva now, big giant mega star, but I think that's her coldest record ever. Summer Boy. Well, all right. Uh, we need some summer coming up soon to knock out that so-called virus. Now, speaking of that, we had to cancel, WGF Emilio had to cancel the Soul Reunion Party, the Spring Soul Reunion Party, because uh, your president saying this thing might go on to the summertime. The party was scheduled for next month, but we definitely going to set it off in July, the funk be willing. So put your funk signs in the air. We going to believe because you got to believe in order to receive. So put the funk signs in the air to receive these blessings, baby. Well, all right. Before that was Cold as Ice by Margot. And before that was the hardest part by Blondie funking it up for Women's History Month this episode. Now, let's kill two birds with one stone. One of the former reggae dance hall queens and one of the former funk queens from the JB's entourage, Lynn Collins and Patra. Think what a collabo this was, baby. Oh, so patch up on a kiss. Watch this. Hey, fellas. It's Lynn Collins still talking to you, you, and you, too. You guys know who I'm talking to? Those of you who go out and stay out all night and have the next day. And expect us to be home when you get there. But that was back in the day, sweet thing. It's a night, it's no one screaming. Coming at you is the dance hall queen, Patrick. To tell you, you ain't doing nothing for us. And that we can better do by ourselves. So from now on. Still can look strong, but me no get me strength from pumping iron. 
Yes. Now, if I have to tell you who produced that cut, you need to revoke your phone card right there, baby. And that's real talk. Okay. Jill Jones with Prince on the production, you dig? Mia Boca, baby, you're a trip. And before that was, yeah, that was so funky, you had to know this was also from the P-Funk camp. This joint right here, Scott T. Clinton with 12 Roses. Yeah, this is T.P. Corleone in the Funk Zone on WGFMedio.com. Giving up love to the funky females of the industry. Now, since I got into some of that Minneapolis funk, uh, Prince Protégé, former Prince Protégé, here is Prince's first female protégé, even though this cut is after she left the Prince Purple Camp. This is Samuel by the late great Vanity. A song is beautiful as she was physically. You dig? Let's hear it, baby.
Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Woo, yes. Talk to me, vanity, and rest in peace, Miss Denise Matthews. Well, uh, before I close out with this last cut, once again, I want to thank Bernadette Cooper for the interview for The Funk Zone, and thanks for letting us premiere her brand-new LP, brand-new EP with Climax and Lorena Lungs, How to Survive a Midlife Crisis. I suggest you cop it and blow it, put the funk signs in the air, wave them like you just don't care. Let's work through this virus situation, and going to close out with a smooth one by The Good Girls, Throwback Cuts. It must be love. Funk you next week. Can you dig it out? Mm-hmm.